0: Today's episode is brought to you by Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make a podcast. Haven't heard about Anchor? Well, let me explain. It's free. That's right. F-R-E-E, free. Anchor has many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then take your podcast and distribute it for you. It can now be heard on multiple podcasting platforms, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Start your dream now. what up world we are back it is part two of the nba preview we are talking playoffs today who's in contention for the nba hardware the larry o'brien trophy the coveted the thing that they dream about since they were little babies who could barely walk and they velcro sneakers and they light up shoes all of that all of that and above we are talking it today it's your boy aj johnson one half of the mighty rough cut sportscast appreciate you guys tuning in If you listen to part one, we talked about the NBA award predictions, who was going to be getting MVP, sixth man of the year, most improved player, things of that nature. Um, Now, now we're going to get into the nitty gritty, because that's what we're here for. We want to know which team is the best team, who's going to take it all at the end of the season, and uh, we're going to knock some of that stuff down. Before we get into it, I want to go ahead and let you guys know, hit us up on social media, on Facebook at Sports. On Twitter at RoughCut_Sports and on Instagram at TheRoughCutSportsCast, hit that like, hit that subscribe button. Tell everybody, tell everybody. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, Halftime Sports Collectibles. One of the best places to get all your signed sports memorabilia, whether it's autographs, basketball jerseys, autographed basketballs, autographed sneakers. Uh, and if you're not only a bit a basketball guy, you know they got it all. MLB, NHL, uh, NFL, anything you want. Head over to Halftime Sports Collectibles and check out all their memorabilia. So let's jump in. Let's get it. Let's get it. We're going to go in. So first, there's a little uh newness to the NBA. You know, coming into a shortened season, they've dropped 10 games. But uh, they were really smart. The NBA, you know, they're transcendent. They do things a different way than any of the other sports leagues. And they figured, you know, if we're going to have a shortened year, And things are a little different. What better time than now to try some of the ideas we've had in our back pocket. So you might have saw in the bubble they did a little shortened version of the play-in tournament. Well, that is back this year. They're going to implement the play-in tournament for one season on a trial basis and see how it works. So it kind of confused me a little bit. So I'm going to explain it to you guys. But I'm going to read it straight from the NBA page and tell you exactly how they told the world that this is going to happen. So for the play-in tournament. The play-in tournament is a one-year basis for the 2020-21 season. It will take place after the regular season and before the first round of the playoffs, which will include the teams with the 7th highest through the 10th highest winning percentages in each conference. The teams with the 7th highest and 8th highest winning percentages in each conference will each have two opportunities to win one game to earn a playoff spot. The teams with the ninth highest and tenth highest winning percentages in each conference will each have to win two consecutive games to earn a playoff spot. At the conclusion of the regular season, the team with the seventh highest winning percentage in each conference will host the team with the eighth winning highest percentage in its conference in a play-in game, the seven-eight game. The winner of the seven-eight game in each conference will be the seventh seed in the playoffs for its conference. The team with the ninth highest winning percentage in each conference will will host the team with the 10th winning highest percentage in each conference in a play-in game, the 9-10 game. The loser of the 7-8 game will host the winner of the 9-10 game in a play-in game. And the winner of that game will be the 8th seed in the playoffs for its conference. Alright, so, if any of that confused you, basically, <laughs> the winner of the 7-8 is a 7th seed. The loser of the 7-8 gets one more shot at it. And they play the winner of the 9-10 game. And the winner of that game gets the eighth seed. So that is how the play-in works. I hope it stays through. I hope this is something that they can find success with. It would be a little cool way to add some extra storylines and extra excitement late in the NBA season. We all love the playoff time. And to add another game to it, I mean, who's going to say no to that? So we're going to jump in and talk about the Eastern Conference and uh, how I see this breaking down come season's end. We're going to start with some mentions here. These are guys that I think have a decent shot at playing well this season, but may not be quite where we expect them to be as a solid playoff team. So, in all actuality, teams that will probably be in, con- in conversation for the play-in tournament. The first thing we're going to talk about in the Eastern Conference is the Chicago Bulls. This is a team with the pieces intact you will see improve year after year. And it starts with bringing in head coach Billy Donovan. This is a great coach who knows how to use his talent and get the most out of him. He brings a culture with him, and I think a lot of these guys in Chicago, being young guys, are going to buy right in. Zach Levine has proven that he can run a team of this level talent and be the star at it. Now, it remains to be seen if they're going to move from him near the trade deadline. But if he's a bull, he's their star, and he's the guy that a lot of these guys are going to rally around. So you take that and you pair that with the emergence of Kobe White, a guy who's going to take a big step forward this year, who's going to be in conversation for the most improved player. Uh, you add that to the improvement of Wendell Carter Jr., the health of Otto Porter Jr., and the number four overall pick of Patrick Williams out of FSU. That's a big man who knows his way around the rim. He's got a lot of talent, good size for him, for his position, and plays with the motor. This is a team that has the capability to make some noise in the playing tournament. Um, so they're, they're going to be on the rise here. Not you know, not hitting the six and seven spot or anything of that nature, but in the next coming years, the Bulls are a team that you can watch out for. Unless they break it all down, you know how teams like to do stuff like that. They'll be on the rise, and then they think they got a little player, and they break it all down and start somewhere new, and it doesn't seem to work out. But we'll move forward. The next team we're going to mention here is the Orlando Magic. Not having Jonathan Isaac is going to hurt this team a little bit. Uh, he's a player that has sadly been injury riddled through his NBA career so far, which is sad because he, he was a good player at FSC. He had a lot of promise, you know, great size, great length, long, lanky, played defense with the best of them. Um, but he's out, and I don't know if he's going to make it back this season. But somehow the, the Magic always find themselves around the number eight seed near playoff time. Uh, they signed Dwayne Bacon out of Charlotte and free agency. We'll see if he takes a step forward. You know, he wanted to play somewhere where he could get a lot of playing time and improve, and this might be the team to do that. But I like the signing of Cole Anthony out of North Carolina. This kid, uh, due to his injury in college, he's been flying under the radar a little bit, but he's super talented, and he'll be finding himself on the court a lot next to Markel Fultz and Michael Carter-Williams and Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon. So this team, you know, they may have to prove it this year in a play-in tournament instead of, being just limped in at the eight seed, but they'll be right around that area. They always find a way to do that, so I expect them to be right there. Next team, we're going to talk about the Atlanta Hawks. Now, this team, they took a big step forward, and a lot of people have them firmly at a 7 or a 6 spot. I'm a little worried about their defense, and I also think the East is a little bit more loaded than people are giving credit. Not loaded in, con- in comparison to the Western Conference, but loaded in the fact that there may be a clear cutoff between the actual playoff teams and the teams that are still on the rise. Now, the Hawks, they're, they're going to be a great offensive team, and, and their upper brass put a lot of work into making sure that they can be in the talks or the playoff race. The big signing of Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, is going to give the Hawks some more offense, uh, some more three-point shooting, some more creativity. And then they bring in Rajon Rondo. Be that savvy veteran type of guy. Get some extended guard play. He's going to be a great piece uh, for Trey Young to teach him how to, you know, really maneuver the guard play of the NBA, which he hasn't really had a problem of yet, but he can still learn a couple things outside of just being an all-around great shooter and all-around great talent. Their draft pick, Onyeka Okongwu, was a steal. Some people thought that Onyeka was worthy of the number one talent and could be one of the best players in the draft. He's going to be out for the first, I think, two games or two weeks or so, but he's going to come along quite well and pair him with John Collins, he and Clint Capella, who didn't get to play for the Hawks last year. We almost forgot about him, who's going to... You seen what Clint can do in Houston, and now to bring him to the Eastern Conference where he can really mow down with some of the bigs, it's going to be kind of fun to watch. That's That's going to be a good piece. That's going to be a team that can really make some noise near the bottom of the Eastern Conference, so... We're going to see how that plays out. And if you ask me, I'm excited to see how it plays out. The team's going to score in bunches. We just have to see how they end up playing defense. All right. So, to my final eight of the East the Toronto Raptors at eight. I almost didn't have them making the playoffs, you know, uh, but, you know, the playoff tournament kind of gave them that leg up, if you ask me. I think the losses of Marcus Saul and Serge Ibaka is a lot bigger than people are making it out to be. Now they replaced them with Aaron Baines, a hustle player who did well in Phoenix but got hurt, uh, was coming on a little strong. He's a great rebounder, likes to play hard around the rim. Uh, they got Alex Lynn who can stretch the floor, but it's not going to be the same big man production you had as as uh, Serge Ibaka and Marcus Saul. But I decided I can't count out the former Coach of the Year, Nick Nurse, and what he was able to do with these with these players. He's great at development. He's great at getting the most out of his players as well. And also, I'm pretty sure all of their all of their production is going to come from their guards. You know, the, the Kyle Lowry's and the OG Ananobis. And, of course, you know, their rising star in Pascal Siakam. If Siakam can take another step forward, if he can knock down threes at a consistent rate and play at the style and the height that he played last season – And they're poised to stay in the playoff race, but they they got a lot of work to do. I know it's not a big man's league anymore, but it doesn't make that that position irrelevant. And you do need production from it, and I think that's going to hurt them a little bit more than they expected. Number seven, the Indiana Pacers. This is essentially the same team as last season, so all they have to worry about is improving and getting that chemistry back together. Victor Oladipo is back and should be to 100% now. There was rumors about him wanting to trade out. He he bunked those rumors, but that's what you're supposed to do. So we don't know if it's true. We don't know if he's going to stay there. And it could be possible that he leaves, especially with the emergence of TJ Warren last year. We saw what he was capable of after he exploded in the bubble. 50-point games, multiple 30-point games, close to a 40-clip game. So if they decide to go that route and move away from Oladipo, That might actually push them back a little bit, but if they can stay together, I like to see what Victor Oladipo and TJ Warren can do together. It's great to have a player like a Warren who's random. You don't expect that emergence, but when you get it and you already have a nucleus around you, it does wonders for your team. So that's a good starting point for them. Uh, I expect Malcolm Brogdon to keep up his scoring output and the competency he's shown of running this offense. And then lastly, Miles Turner has gotten better in some aspect every year. So I would like to see him take another jump in production, specifically around the paint area this year, offensively and defensively. This team may have to prove it in the play-in tournament, but we saw what they're capable of. I think that they're a team that should be should end up in the 7th spot or so, and probably a first-round exit. But you got to the playoffs, like woohoo to you! <laughs> in the sixth spot, I have the Washington Wizards at six. These guys are going to surprise a lot of people. You know, from my research, I see some of the experts have them in the play-in spots and or just outside looking in. And it's because, it's because of the hate that Russell Westbrook gets year in and year out. Listen, I don't care if you don't like a player. You can't take away their superstar status just because you don't like them. The fact that people think Russell Westbrook is selfish blows my mind. I would love to see a selfish player average a triple-double three seasons in a row. I would like to see a selfish player put together an MVP campaign for their number two. I would like to see a selfish player understand that he wasn't a good fit for a guy who already ran the team and agreed to move on so that they can do what's best for each other. That doesn't speak to selfishness. That speaks to leadership. And Russell Westbrook is a player who you can call a leader. And now he is paired with Bradley Beal, who has arrived. Bradley Beal is a superstar, and he's about to take another step forward. Loaded with Russell Westbrook, this show is going to be a treat. the The backcourt of Westbrook and Beal is going to be dynamic, and I can't wait to watch it. Now, they also have a lot of other pieces that people don't know about because we didn't get to see the Wizards that often last year. But their big man Thomas Bryant, he is healthy now, and if he can stay healthy, I'm excited to see that pairing with the young stud Rui Hachimura. That should shore up their for, their front court, and especially with the shooting prowess of Adavis Barton's. One of the best shooters in the league, especially at that wing position and that power forward position. The way he can stretch the floor, hit that catch and shoot three. This kid shoots at a 42, 43% clip from three. That's something that's going to take them a long way, especially with the shooting prowess of a Bradley Beal. And then their draft pick, Denny Avdia. This kid played professional in Israel, and his game is complete. He can shoot. He's creative. He makes plays for others. If you if you saw him at all in the in the preseason, you can tell that this kid's ready to play professional ball in the NBA, and he's going to be in the starting lineup in no time. This team is firmly in playoff contention, in my opinion. All right, we move down to the five spot. Now, this is where things start to get jumbled. I mean, anything can happen from five to to two to five to one. Really, anything can happen. All of these teams are loaded and proven in the Eastern Conference. At number five, I have Boston. Jason Tatum will be in MVP conversations. Jalen Brown will be in most improved player conversations. He's a solid wing that plays great defense, can drop 20 points whenever he wants. But why I have them at five is the health of Kimber Walker may be their undoing. That knee has not been a friend to him recently. And he's going to miss games to start the season. And if that keeps happening throughout the season, and like it did last year in the playoffs, this is not going to bode well for this team. And I'm not sure that the combo of Jeff Teague and Marcus Smart will be enough to equal a Kemba Walker production. Just like the Celtics, I'm sure I'd rather have a healthy Kemba and allow Marcus Smart to do what he does best. But we don't know if that's going to happen. So I have them at five right now. You know, and Jason Tatum is a player who can who can propel them to a four or a three spot by himself, and I understand that, but as I said before, the east up top is a very difficult place to compete, so I have them at the five spot, and for them, all they need to do is get into the playoffs and they can compete with anyone come that time, so as long as they don't drop a game seven, <laughs> number four the philadelphia seventy sixers Now this team had a skid last year, and that was due to them not having any shooting around them uh and they lost JJ Redick that kind of hurt them a little bit and then it didn't it didn't continue on and they with with a Ben Simmons the way he runs the floor Joel Embiid they need to have shooters that they can kick the ball out to but the Sixers saw a problem and they fixed it they added Seth Curry who had a great year with the Mavs loves that corner three that wing three uh they went and got Danny Green from the Lakers he didn't have a great year but i mean this guy's a two time uh, three-time NBA champion now and and he knows how to play some defense and he knows how to shoot the ball. He will find his stroke again. And they also got in Dwight Howard. They're hoping that that comeback tour is still in effect. He had a decent year last year, uh, winning the championship with the Lakers as a big man, playing defense and reminding people that he's a force down there. Doc Rivers is a new coach in town. I think that's got to remind everybody how useful of a player Tobias Harris can be. They have the Los Angeles Clippers connection. So Tobias Harris coming off of a Not a down year, but just a year where he wasn't really a focal point. I think he's going to step that up. Doc Rivers is going to find a way to use Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid together the right way. The way it was meant to be used. To have these two young phenoms and not produce the way it expects. Makes you wonder if the process was something we are supposed to trust. Uh, But that's going to be seen either this year, or honestly, they may be trying to trade one of these guys away before season's end if it can't come together. And not to mention James Harden may find his way here, but that's that's another conversation. So that's my number 4 team. Number 3, the Miami Heat. Fresh off a of finals appearance, the Heat decided to get better at what got them there, and that's defense. They went up and picked out Avery Bradley from the Lakers, and if there's anything that he does incredibly well, it's play perimeter defense, and that's a big step up for them in that department. So we're going to get a 3 and D guy out of Avery Bradley. Then we get to see huge leaps coming from their all-star Bam Adebayo. He's going to take a big jump this year, defensively and offensively. I think that they're going to run a lot more of the offense through him, uh, set him up for some really easy buckets down low, Uh, and then rookie Tyler Hero. I'm hoping that he comes on strong. He He's he's going to be in the six-man-of-the-year conversation. He's going to be in the most improved player conversation. I'd like to see him jump up from a 15-point per game to 18, 19 points a game. And I think he's capable of that. running that second unit. And then Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler as a player. He is who he is. But his mentality and his culture is what makes a team great. And it is all over these young cats in Miami. And they can all see how integral he is to their success. So, I look for this team to be in the thick of it this entire season. Uh, Eric Spolster knows what he's getting out of his guys, and he knows how to do it. They're going to be right there come season's end. Number two, the Brooklyn Nets. Man. (laughs) Another team that Harden's trade talks are linked to. This is easily the most talented team in the Eastern Conference. They're one of those teams that benefited from having rotation pieces have to play large minutes last year because of injuries. So now they have some young studs with experience this year who are going to get playing time and you can put them around the return of KD and Kyrie, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irvin. There is so much depth on this squad and it's going to be hard to compete with. When you have other teams who are tired and now they're down to their 8, and 9, and 10 guys who aren't exactly the pieces you want out on the floor. They have the likes of Karis Levert. They have DeAndre Jordan coming off the bench. Spencer Dinwiddie may come off the bench. Like, how do you you compete with these guys at that type of depth? I have them at number two because they understand that they don't need the regular season. They just need to be in the playoffs. So they're going to be resting KD and Kyrie a lot to preserve their health and keep them safe for their inevitable playoff run. So I put them at number two. And once they get in the playoffs, look out. This team, this team is not something to play with. They're going to have themselves a very fun year in the NBA Eastern Conference. And number one, the Bucks, For the third year in a row, they're going to lock down the top spot in the East and look to their big man, Giannis Antetokounmpo. The Greek freak is going to make another run at MVP for the third year in a row. He's going to make another run at Defensive Player of the Year for the second year in a row. And he's going to make a run for the undisputed best player in the world for the first time. This kid has done nothing but improve year over year. And now they did right by him to get him some extra help. He had some good pieces last year, but they weren't the correct fits. They went out and got him Drew Holiday. And I said this uh, on part one. I I thought this was who Eric Bledsoe was the whole time. Like, Drew Holiday was a guy that I believe needed to be next to the Greek freak. He's played with big men like him before, you know, with the Anthony Davises of the world and when he was in Philly. So he's only going to propel the Greek freak. He's only going to help make him even better than he already was. And then they surrounded him with shooters. Like Pat Connaughton, who can stroke. He's going to take a step forward from that three-point line, Uh, you know, as far as improvement goes, not literally step forward, of course. Uh, Nick Stauskas, a name that not many people know, he can rain it down as well. So, you know, having these shooters that the freak can run down to the basket and either dunk it on all your heads or kick out to is going to help this team propel. I'm also excited to see how Dante DiVincenzo steps up this year, see if he can make the jump in year three. He's been another player that's improved year after year. So Mike Budenhoser is going to have these guys ready to go, and they're finally going to try to get over that Eastern Conference Finals hump from two years ago, and uh, we'll see if they can do it. Now, based on my pick to come out of the East, they won't get over the hump. I think they're going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals again, but I think they're going to lose to the Brooklyn Nets. Again, there's just too much talent on that Nets squad, too much depth on that Nets squad, and, you know, not to, as I said in part one, that coaching staff, they all have so much experience and they know how to how to maneuver playoffs. They know how to make sure that this is something that's not going to elude them. The Brooklyn Nets are coming out of the East and they'll be going to the finals to face who we're going to talk about now, the Western Conference. Once again, you are here with AJ Johnson, one half of the Mighty Rough Cut Sports Cast. We are talking NBA playoff predictions. The the season kicks off tonight at 7 p.m. with the Brooklyn Nets versus the Warriors. I can't wait. I hope you guys are enjoying this listen. And um we're going to now jump into the Western Conference and talk about how we think the playoff race is going to fold up. So once again, we're going to start with the mentions, <laughs> and the first team I'm going to talk to you about is going to shock you apparently. You guys are going to be like, all right, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just saying things that get our attention. I don't think that's the case. I think I'm correct here. And in the mention spot, the first team I'm going to talk about, the Houston Rockets. Yep, the Houston Rockets. So the glaring storyline here is what happens with James Harden. Does he stay in Houston? Does he get traded? If he's gone, this team has no chance at the playoffs. Now, with that being said, even with James Harden, I don't know that they can get to the playoffs. They've lost some big pieces. Robert Covington is an underrated piece that they let go to Portland. What he can do behind the arc, what he does on the defensive side of the ball is a very important need for a Houston Rockets team. Austin Rivers. Now he didn't show up in the stat line, but he provided useful minutes for the team. He provided a useful spark off the off the bench. And when he got in games and got that second unit going, it was It was shown. You saw it. It showed up on the court, and that's what's more important. Like, Don't get too wrapped up in what a player does in the stat line. Get wrapped up in what he does when he's on the court and the effect he has on a team, and that's what Austin Rivers did, and now he's not in Houston anymore. And then, of course, Russell Westbrook is not there anymore. Now, I mentioned this last because the swap of John Wall means that loss shouldn't be felt too much because I do expect to see John Wall at at least 80% of who he was before the injuries. And John Wall, if he forgot, which it's easy to have done because it's been about two years since we saw him. John Wall is going to be a hell of a player. John Wall is going to get back to form and he's going to play some good basketball. So take all that and this is all you have left. You got John Wall. You got James Harden to be determined. Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, DeMarcus Cousins. That's your starting five. And then I'll throw in Kristen Wood who's actually a great addition for this team, and I should have mentioned him in Part 1 for Most Improved Player and things of that nature. Uh, if you don't know Christian Wood, you will by the end of the season. But that's not enough. What else do you have after the names I just mentioned? This team does not have enough depth needed to play in the Western Conference. The Western Conference is no joke. There are teams all the way to the bottom of the Western Conference that can be fighting for this, except for the Thunder who are in full rebuild mode. Like If, if the Thunder make it to the playoffs, like, I... I I don't even know how to, I can't even fathom that thought process. They won't do it. But that's what I'm getting at. The Western Conference is just that deep. And the Rockets don't have the depth to compete that way. So, you know, they may get in off the play-in tournament. But that's how they're going to have to do it. And and if you ask me, they need they need uh, James Harden to be able to do this. So, I have them on the outside looking in as of now. The New Orleans Pelicans, is the next team to mention. This team has a lot of young talent. We'll be quick about this. This team has a lot of young talent and uh, will be real exciting to watch. You know, this is the new Lob City era with Lonzo Ball and and Zion Williamson. Brandon Ingram's going to take a step forward after getting that big (laughs) payday. But they have a lot of work to do on defense. Now, Stan Van Gundy is their new head coach, and he hangs his hat on defense, so they should take a step up. But I think they're a year out from breaking into the playoffs. I really do. I like this team. And once again, if the West was a little less deep, maybe they would have snuck in. But they, they've they got some work to do defensively. But their, their team is going to be real exciting to watch. And they'll make it interesting. They absolutely will. The Memphis Grizzlies. This is a team that's going to be right on the cusp. John Morant will be taking a huge step forward. And I really, really like the pieces around him. We hope Jaron Jackson can stay healthy. He's going to start the season injured. But once he gets in, if he's ready to go, that's going to be a big improvement to a team that should already be taking steps forward. Uh, Dylan Brooks is going to improve this season. Brandon Clark is going to improve this season. Uh, their big man, Jonas Valanciunas and Gorgie Dang, these guys run the paint. They run the paint down there in Memphis. And John Morant knows how to get them the ball and let them operate in their strength. So we know how the seeding in the West goes year in and year out. It's going to be decided for like three or four teams by, by a game or two. It's going to have to take the play-in game to really separate the teams that are going to get in and the teams are going to miss. Let's get into the top eight of the Western Conference. Number eight, the Phoenix Suns. Yes, I said it, the Phoenix Suns. I think this team is going to pick up right where they left off. I can't stress how big of an addition Chris Paul is going to be. Having a veteran like Chris Paul at the helm, one of the last true point guards left, having him at the helm to teach these young guys how to maneuver in the NBA is huge. He had the Thunder at the second seed last season shortly before the shutdown. The second seed. There were teams. There were people who didn't think the Thunder was going to make the playoffs last year, which I kind of laughed at. But uh, he had him at the second seed. Shortly, they did drop when they came back into the bubble. And I understand that, but Chris Paul still had it. You know, he still he's not he's not dropped in twenty five a game, twenty eight a game. He may not be ten and eleven assists a game like he used to be, but he's still a very very viable piece. And he put him with Devin Booker to help propel his game. They are going to they are going to while out in that backcourt. And that is going to be a fun backcourt to watch, and then not to mention they're going to love the improving big man to DeAndre Ayton. He should be taking a step forward this year as well. Um, so I kind of look to see what DeAndre Ayton can do. I look to see what Mikael Bridges can do, and of course Monty Williams. This, he he's been a great coach for this young squad, and the way they've been improving is only going to continue. And he's going to sneak them into the playoffs. And I have them at the eight seed this year. Number seven, the Utah Jazz. We know we find this team in the playoffs every year one way or another. They they just do it. They get there. <laughs> Mike Conley, I think, is going to get back to his old ways. He had a down year last season. He had to really kind of find his chemistry in Utah. But once he did, he got back to his eighteen points a game, seven, eight assists a game, and really operating the offense the way we're used to seeing him do. The future of the franchise, Donovan, Spider Mitchell. Is it I mean, gosh, can he take another step forward? Is that possible? I, I mean I would love to see it. I would love to see Donovan Mitchell get better and better. You know, we, we've all enjoyed watching him throw it down on every player in the NBA, but I think it's really time for him to take that next step. You know, it's not just about getting to the rim; it's about how you do it. Can you get to the rim and get fouled and get to the free throw line? Uh, can you can you hit consistent step back threes? Can you hit consistent catch and shoot threes? He, he's this guy's a superstar, but he still has to take another step if this team is going to be in real contention. I mean, the the picture you have. Of a lasting memory for Donovan Mitchell is him face down on the floor at the end of that game seven. I, I think that does something to a player. You know, you don't want to be there again. That's not how you want to see your season end another year. So, I think he and Rudy Gobert, that connection is going to return to superiority. I love that they brought Derek Favors back into the fold, and uh Jordan Clarkson has grown into a nice rotation piece. He can take a little bit of the stress off of off of Donovan Mitchell. Uh, You know, you you take all that, you add the three-point shooting, of Joe Ingles, he's a guy who hits it from 41% from deep. Uh, That's something you need. And this team does have undeniable chemistry, you know, especially now that Mike Conley's found his way and he's been around the team a little bit longer. You take all that, and you can put them in the seventh seed and see if they can make some noise in the playoffs. They surprised people in the first round before. Uh, You know, we'll see if they can do it again. Number six, the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic-Rise will allow this team to prosper. Luka's going to be in MVP conversations. He's the favorite for a lot of people. And if you heard me, I picked him to win the MVP this year as well. Uh, I have him at six because, again, this is the Western Conference, man. And it is deep. There's a lot of talent out west. And he's part of it. He's part of it. Now, Kristaps Porzingis is going to be out to start the season. But the return of Dwight Powell is going to help ease that transition. You know, if Lucan can take the jump to that 30 and 10 guy, yeah, having a 30th season, I think he's capable of it. You got to remember, this kid's going to be 21. He's, he's young. He's young, and he's a rising superstar in this league. So they added Josh Richardson, a 3 and D guy. What he can do on the defensive side of the ball will help keep pace with some of the more stacked offenses in the West. I do think his 3 percentage needs to bump up a little bit, and I think it will. I think him being able to, you know, all the focus is going to be on on Luka Doncic. So allowing some of these guys to leak out and get these open threes is going to help a lot. Uh, Jalen Brunson is back from injury, and I think that's going to help Luka stay fresh and get some rest in the game. Jalen Brunson's a real nice piece. He's a he's a true point guard, and you know he may be the guy that brings back the idea of the true point guard. So, uh, I have a team at 6. Not much to say. We're going to have to watch this play out and see how it works. I do think, though, if Luka is going to get the MVP – I mean, he might need he might need to propel this team in the top five of the West, and this five six seven spot is well five and six spot is something that could be flip flopping. You'll hear why because the team I'm going to put at five, and that's the Golden State Warriors. Some people have this team out of the playoffs. Some people have this team out of the playoffs, and I think that is ridiculous. This is a slap in the face to Steph Curry, who's back. It's a slap in the face to Draymond Green, who when he has his teammate like Steph, is one of the better power forwards in the league. Now, I understand they lost Klay Thompson. That's a big piece. But Klay Thompson got them out of the conversation for a championship, not out of the conversation for the playoffs. They added Kelly Oubre to fill in the void of Klay Thompson, and that is a really good choice. Kelly Oubre is no joke. He's a player that's gotten better and better and better. He plays off the ball very well. He loves that corner catching three, and he can slash quite well. He loves to play around the rim. You got Andrew Wiggins. He's finally found a spot. He bought in to the Golden State culture. He's found his place here, and he's played quite well off ball from Steph Curry and off ball from Draymond. In the addition of James Wiseman, the number two overall pick is big. I love this kid. He's going to be a game changer. He's long. He's athletic. He's fast. He can shoot. He loves a mid-range. He can shoot from three. He loves to play defense. And he learns really fast. He progresses with the game very fast. He's a student of the game. And Steve Kerr loves this kid. He's already ready to put him in the starting lineup. I can't we, we get to see him tonight. We get to see him tonight. I don't know if he's going to play big minutes. You know, he's still got to ramp up to the speed of the NBA. But you're going to watch, you're going to watch this kid learn the NBA really fast this year and be a big part of it. But the thing that I really You know, I really have confidence that this team's going to be a team deep in the West is what I said about the Brooklyn Nets. They, They benefited from having all those studs out last year. The Golden State Warriors, the only guy they had who won a championship or who was a nucleus of that championship team last year was Draymond Green, which was good for them to have because that culture on the court allowed pieces like Eric Pascal and Damian Lee and Marquise Chris to really understand what they're trying to do on the court. And now you put that next to Steph Curry returning. This team is not going to be out of the playoffs. As a matter of fact, they're going to be right in the thick of it and can, and can make some noise. I, I see them get into the second round, at least in the playoffs. So this depth is going to pay off in loads. They've got guys with experience. And honestly, I hope they keep it all together and only lose a couple pieces that don't matter when Clay comes back the season after. Number four, the Los Angeles Clippers. We know what they went through last year the whole chemistry issues and the early exit of the playoffs, the three-to-one deficit that they allowed the Nuggets to come back and take them out, we, we know it all. But this is not that team. They're a year older. They're a year wiser. <laughs> and they brought in Coach Tyron Lue, and I think that's going to shift some of that. Tyron Lue, first off on the court, is going to allow Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to play to their strengths a little bit more. Doc Rivers is definitely more of a system-type coach even though he doesn't, you know, he may not practice with the system. But we talk about practice, not the game, practice. Tyronn Lue's going to allow, he likes to let his studs do what his studs do best. What I think is the biggest piece that's going to be needed to make this team take this step up to four is the culture. It's going to have to change. And that starts with Kawhi Leonard. That starts with Paul George. They're going to have to be the guys that don't allow some of the things that went on behind the scenes. What happens behind the scenes in that locker room, in that office, the rumors that are going through the hallways of your organization, whether or not we know it, it comes out on the court. You know, Pete, I've seen players resent players. As much as they say we're professionals, once we get on the court, that's it's basketball, and to an extent it is, but we've seen it. We've seen it not play out in this team, and that's going to have to change. Now, I, I like the depth that they have. I think they can do a lot with it. you got Lou Will. Capable of the sixth man of the year every single year like we talked about in part one. Um, I like the signing of Luke Kennard from Detroit. He has a lot to prove, and I think a new home is how he does it. And fitting in with the Clippers is going to work out. And he's not going to have to play heavy minutes to do it. He's just going to have to make the most out of the minutes he gets. Uh, they went out and got Sergi Ibaka from Toronto and pieced him back with Kawhi. Kawhi loves this guy. Uh, they play very well together. And then Ivan Zubak should take another step up. I mean, he was he he was a big man. He's a force down low. You put him next to Ibaka, I mean, you're you're talking about not really losing much from the signing of Montrez Herald to the Lakers. So if I'm being honest though, I do think this this four seed is a little bit high. I mean, they could be at five, but with with the Golden State Warriors, you know, being in an understanding spot and losing Klay Thompson, I, I I think that I think seeding is going to be the least of the problems for the Clippers. This may be a little high, but if they change this culture like I expect them to do, four is a very attainable spot for the Los Angeles Clippers, having a Paul George and a Kawhi Leonard. Number three. Man, the Western Conference is just full of shockers for me. Well, I'm bold in the West this week, this year. I, I'm bold in the West, and I'm standing by it because I like, I like what I'm thinking here. Number three, I got the Portland Trailblazers. This was a team that was almost out of the playoffs last year. I understand that, but I definitely believe they're going to get back to being a force to reckon with. We know what they have in Damian Lillard and backcourt mate CJ McCollum. We know what they bring to the table. Damian Lillard Damian Lillard should be in MVP conversations. He, this is a guy who we've seen get snubbed out of all-stars year after year. We've seen him get snubbed out of all-team NBAs year after year. This year, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> this year, I'm sure you have to recognize who Dame Lillard is. So, you take out what we know we're getting from the studs, and what do you get left? I think about Gary Trent Jr. who came along last season. He's going to find his spot running the second unit. This kid can shoot from three, he can get to the rim, and he made a name for himself. They got the piece I talked about in the, from the Rockets, the Robert Covington. He's going to be a good piece just like he has been for every team he's been on. He's a great defensive player. He can play the three, he can play the four, he can guard the five. He can shoot. It's gonna to need to bump up a little bit, but he can shoot. It's a three and D guy who does a lot for a team, and he's a much better piece than the remains of a Trevor Ariza. Now, another big reason I think Portland's gonna have this jump is they didn't have big man death last season. That's what hurt them a lot. But Yusuf Nurkic is back and he's healthy, and his talent around the rim is undeniable. We're talking double digit rebounds. We're talking two game, two blocks a game. He's real agile. His footwork around the rim is is unlike many other. So and to 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 help him just in case he was to get injured they brought in some depth they brought in the depth they needed a big man uh bringing in Anis Cancer and we know how how he likes to crash the boards and and ruin ruin rebounds for opposing opposing uh defenses and offenses so i'm liking that piece i think they're going to do a lot with it and then they uh went out and stole Harry Giles from Sacramento this kid was real good in college but Sacramento, as they had way too many big men back then. All they did, it seemed like, for the longest, was draft big man after big man. So having that depth of big man for Portland is going to be a real help. And who can forget how many teams are going to leave Carmelo Anthony wide open in the corner time after time again. So I got Portland taking the number three spot, coming back to prominence as we've seen them do so many times. Number two, the Denver Nuggets. This team just always finds a way to do it. They're always right there in the thick of it, always right there in the fold. And I think that's going to happen again. I have them higher than most people because a lot of them are worried about the loss of Jeremy Grant. But for me, I'm thinking a lot more about the rise of Michael Porter Jr. And when he comes along, as I expect him to do, you almost have a faux big three. With him and the simultaneous rise with Jamal Murray and, of course, the greatness of the Joker. This is another team with some serious depth at every position. Gary Gary Harris is healthy, and he's improving his shooting from three-point year every year. This guy is a guy who they really needed and was super excited to have back in the bubble because of what he did for Jamal Murray. Being able to play off of Jamal Murray and be another person that the defense has to focus on allowed Jamal Murray to do some of the things he's able to do. So having him there, the draft pick of R.J. Hampton is another one. They're poised to make another run at the Western Conference Finals, and I think they're going to be right in the conversation for it. And number one, the Sacramento, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We know who it is. The number one team in the Western Conference, fresh off a title, the Los Angeles Lakers. This team just got better. You win a title and you just got better. Now, I know you lost Rondo, you lost Dwight Howard, you lost McGee, but they did that on purpose because they added so much more young talent. They went they went across the hallway to the Clippers and to stole Montrezl Harrell from them, the sixth man of the year. They got Dennis Schroeder, the runner-up for Sixth Man of the Year last year. They got a veteran shooter in Wesley Matthews who knows his role. He doesn't try to do too much. They got a veteran big man in Marcus All who can be big down in the paint on defense, run back up the court, and stop at the three-point line, and now he's stretching the floor. This team, like, yo, Major props a team who wins a title and then goes, we're going to go ahead and get better. We're going to up our roster so we can come back and we can do it again. I got all that for a team who's going to win. And I didn't even mention yet the two two of the five best players in the world. Two of the three best players in the world. LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is going to be in the conversation for every award besides six Man of the Year. He's already talked about a willingness to win Defensive Player of the Year. I know, I know LeBron James wants to see this kid win an MVP award. And I know he wants to be a part of the reason that happens. And we very well may see it. This is another team. They may limp into the number one seed in the West. They don't even need it. They don't even want it. They they don't care about the regular season that much because just like just like every year, LeBron, all he has to do is get to the playoffs. Once he's in the playoffs, that's a different team. I don't care if the Los Angeles Lakers got the eighth seed somehow. Once they get in the playoffs, no one's stopping. Them. So this team this team's going to be a force to reckon with. There's no joke. They're my pick to come out of the West. All these other teams are going to have great seasons. It's just it's one of those eras where you have all this wonderful talent in two through eight, but there's a team at the top of the mountain that you just can't reach, and that's the Los Angeles Lakers. So I have the Lakers going up against the Brooklyn Nets, and we are going to have a show in the NBA Finals. If I'm picking today, which I undoubtedly am, the Los Angeles Lakers are going back-to-back. The Nets would have to get would have to get James Harden and not and not lose too much pieces for me to feel otherwise. But we don't know how the season's going to play out as far as the trades go and as far as, you know, injuries and things of that nature. So from today, I choose the Los Angeles Lakers as your NBA champion. And of course, you know, I'm going to be talking NBA all season. So I'm sure I'll get some other thought process as the season wanes on and we see some of the some of the developments that, that come out of this season. I'm stoked. I hope everyone else is as stoked as I am for the NBA season. Again, it kicks off tonight, Tuesday, December 22nd. Game 1, the Warriors versus the Brooklyn Nets at 7 p.m. And Game 2, the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Los Angeles Clippers. Tune in. Tell me what you think of this uh, this rundown for the playoffs, Eastern Conference, Western Conference. Uh, hit at me on Twitter you know like I said at rough cut underscore sports Facebook at rough cut sports Instagram at the rough cut sports cast. tell me what you think tell me why I'm wrong I'll tell you why I'm right let's have some fun the NBA is back baby appreciate you guys tuning in let's get it